You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome, listeners, to episode 14 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds. And I am delighted to welcome onto the line, it is the editor of the Toolstation Western League Bulletin. It is Mr. Tom Hiscott. Hello, Tom. How are you? Yeah, yeah not doing too bad, thanks. And yourself? I'm not bad. Did you have a happy Halloween? Uh, it's not something I particularly pay no. much attention to, I must admit. Uh, it went it went by without much it's incident, cele- I will say. It's not say. a festival that you celebrate. Oh, we got well, we got a Did pumpkin you... in the um, the veg box that comes every week, and it tasted lovely. It wasn't the biggest one, so we didn't put it outside. We we ate it instead. Obviously, cooked it. What have you? But yeah, that was quite tasty actually. How about yourself? <laughs> Getting well, I think that. to be fair, you you know. You've taught me a valuable lesson in life there, because obviously we are currently in the midst of COP26. Yeah. And, um, you know, you've got idiots like me buying pumpkins up by the dozen and just <laughs> throwing the whole lot away so we can carve a smiley face in the front yeah. of it. And, you know, you get one in your veg box and you turn it into something <laughs> delicious. In fact, I was talking to my father earlier today and he made some pumpkin soup. I was going to say that was our second option. I think we nearly went with soup, but we did just sort of... Bake it with some stuff in the end. It was quite tasty, actually. Yeah. Good. Well, there you go. We've got to bring this back to the Tool Station Western. Let's try. Then. Yeah, let's do that. And, um, I mean, I was concerned that the weather was going to give us something of a Halloween horror show. It was certainly a nightmare for many groundsmen out there, and we did lose a few games to the weather, didn't we, Tom? Yeah, there was a couple, wasn't there? Not not too many, fortunately. I sort of, obviously, uh, heard, the, heard the rain against the window on Friday night, and you sort of fear the worst, but it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't too too bad on the on the fixture list. Just a couple of games, but yeah, yeah I'm sure we'll. Uh, yeah, fingers crossed. The winter's not too too harsh on us, and we can um, yeah not have too much for backlog. Yes, I, I suppose I think I'm feeling very sensitive to these things at the moment. I mean, normally we you know we sort of live with bad weather, don't we? Particularly at, you know step five and six, mm. and we're susceptible. You know, the moment it starts to chuck it down, particularly persistent rain. But I, I think the moment we start seeing, you know, games getting cancelled because of waterlogged pitches, you think, oh, no, you know, not another thing. I mean, we had, we've had to get through two seasons of the virus and then everyone was worried they didn't have enough petrol to get to the games. And now, you know, it's going to start raining again. So it's all it's all doom and gloom. Just to bring it back to um, um, sort of football related Halloween nonsense, I am I am pleased to report that in my own pumpkin carving, I did actually attempt to carve the badge of Devizes Town on my pumpkin. Which, it didn't go very well, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I get a star for effort, but I mean, artistic sort of impression, I think, was a bit, was sadly lacking. Anyway, never mind that. Um, right then, what are we talking about on this week's episode of the Toolstation Westerly podcast? We have two excellent interviews um for you the managers this season are really making the podcast i have to say we've really been spoiled over the last few weeks to be fair there's an awful lot going on in our clubs at the moment we hear from alex white he's only just taken over as first team manager of clevedon town but he started remarkably well we'll talk about that and craig morford of course we heard from him last season when he took over at cheddar cheddar currently sitting second in the Western League First Division. Well, we'll be talking about the uh, the league tables before the end of the podcast, but, yeah, it's great to have a chat with, uh, with Craig again. We will, of course, be having a look at the fixtures coming up on November the 6th. That is, of course, the day after November the 5th. Remember, remember the 5th of November, which mm. is fireworks night. I'm sure there'll be fireworks all over the Western League. And to be fair to our clubs, I know a lot of them are advertising... Um, firework displays as well so I do hope the listeners um, support that but um, that's for next week uh, this week we start with Friday night football we we take a look back at Friday the 29th of October with an absolutely titanic struggle between Tavistock and Exmouth Town could these teams be separated Tom? No Devon rivals couldn't be separated it was a two-all draw down at Langford Park uh, on Friday, really good game, uh, and obviously Tavistock. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to call it a curse, but it seems like whoever goes top struggles the the following week. I know obviously them and Bitten have been trading places a little bit recently, uh, but it was they. They actually made a pretty good start. This one, Jake Miller scoring from uh, scoring from long range inside the opening five minutes. So really, really strong showing from them uh, out out the gates. Uh, and then it was Dan Kyoto uh, scoring for the second consecutive match to make it two 0 uh, just for half time, uh, but Exmouth, yeah, they've been pretty decent away from home uh, recently, and uh, yeah, that continued. Uh, they got themselves back into the game uh, midway through the second half with a with a goal from Ben Steer, uh, and then yeah, just before 
just for the final 10 minutes or so, uh, they managed to get an equaliser, uh, and that was Morgan Cullen. Uh, so they got a share of the spoils there, and that was a, yeah, it was a wet and windy Friday night down in Tavistock, but it was a, a good game, I think, to all uh, they, they drew there with uh, Exmouth. Now we'll move on to Saturday the 30th of October. Um, Helston Athletic, um, of course, one of the big boys, um, taking on Ashton and Backwell, a side promoted last season that has struggled at the bottom of the table. So surely there can only be one winner here, Tom. <laughs> In the end, eventually, it was a, it was a 3-2 victory uh, for Helston. Uh, they yeah survived a bit of a fight back from from the visitors, uh, but it was Helston who did win win 3-2. Big crowd there as well, 156. Uh, it was Billy Tucker. He played a starring role in the opening 20 minutes for them. He played well. When I say starring role, he was yeah was heavily involved. Let's put it that way. Having uh, had an early penalty uh, saved by the visiting keeper, uh, he did make amends soon after uh, and tucking home their opener. So he put put Helston in front. It was then Ryan Turner's uh, time, uh, turn to, to double the advantage uh, before Charlie and then Connor Saunders. I'm, apologies, I don't know if they're related. Uh, the two, two, two forwards for Ashton and Backwell, they both got on the score sheet uh, during the second half to, to make it to all. And uh, yeah, it looked like we'd potentially have a draw on our hands. Uh, but it was Helston who managed to, to push on, uh, get the, uh, the fifth and final goal. Uh, and that came Stu Bowker's way. Uh, he's obviously been probably their star man so far this season, I think. And uh, it was him again. Uh, scoring pretty soon after Ashton's equaliser uh, made it made it 3-2. So a good win for Helston at home to Ashton and Backwell. Absolutely. I don't know. Have you seen that Stu Bowker goal, Tom? Not as of yet, but you're tempting me with... Uh, yeah. Well, of course, you know, I, we talk about it pretty much every week. You can watch the highlights from yeah. Piran Films um, and you can find that um, on, on social media. Uh, but, but you know, regardless of whether you're a Helston fan or dare I even say it, whether you're a National Batwell fan, because, I mean, obviously they put in a hell of a performance and, you know, obviously got themselves back into a game, which um, perhaps they thought had gone well away from them. But um, uh, Stu Bowker's goal is something very, very special. At any level of football, I have to say. So please go and look that up, because I don't think... Well, you don't need to be a Helston fan to be impressed with that. It's really what is, uh, you know, it's Tool Station Western League football at its very, very best. Now, if we're talking about Tool Station Western League football at its best... You can't get any better than a seven-goal thriller. It's a Bristol derby. It's mm. Canesham Town against Cadbury Heath. A, a massive crowd of 170 saw this one, Tom. What happened? Lots. Let's put it that way. As you say, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a bit of a rivalry. Uh, and it was Canesham who eventually uh, came out uh, victors by four goals to three. Uh, 170 people there to see it. So that was a, a decent crowd on Saturday afternoon. Not the best of weather, uh, as, as we've kind of um, already already mentioned at the start of the pod so uh, yeah um, a, a good effort from all to, to get out to the games this weekend uh, and it was Cadbury Heath who made a, made a, made the best start to this one uh, Dean Preddy opening the scoring for them uh, but uh, Kenshin got back on level terms just before the break uh, Will Hailston uh, following up a free kick from Jordan Metters uh, so that was filled into to Will's path and he, he took that one home to equalise uh, it was then a penalty uh, pretty early in the second half from Matt Huxley uh, helping restore the Heath's advantage uh, before Hailston scored again. Uh, so scoring his second equaliser of the afternoon, uh, and that made it made it two all. Obviously going into the the final 25 minutes or so. So uh, yeah, pretty much uh, all up to all, all, all to play for. Uh, and it was uh, Dan Cottle who, who who scored the fifth goal uh, for for Canesham that game. Uh, and that was uh, probably the pick of the bunch uh, from the game from the goals from this game. 30 yards out, pretty unstoppable strike uh, into the back of the Heath net. As, as as was the way with this game, once one team went ahead, the other came back, and it, this time it was the Heath who obviously were behind, uh, but they managed to to find the equaliser. Octavian Gala levelling for them, uh, pretty pretty late on, I think, in the final final ten minutes or so, uh, setting up a real real well thrilling ending, and it was Canesham who managed to find that that elusive uh, and decisive seventh goal, uh, and that came from Jordan Anstey, uh, heading home the winner five minutes from time, and uh, yeah, well thrilling thrilling encounter there, and uh, yeah. Lots, lots, lots of good footballer, uh, by all accounts, in the Kenshin's win over Cadbury Heath. So who got that third goal for Cadbury Heath, Tom? I think we've mentioned is that Octavian Gala, I believe. I, I hope the pronunciation's right. Uh, I, I think, yeah. He, he wins the prize for name of the week, oh, he doesn't he, on does. the podcast? Definitely. That is an absolutely... I mean, he, with a name like that, he's either going to be sort of a multi-billionaire or a Bond villain, isn't he? He really? does sound Bond villain, um, you're right. But anyway, hats off to the to the gentleman anyway for scoring um, um, in that game. Um, the the other person I want to call out is somebody who um, I never tire of talking about on the uh, the Western League podcast. Now I haven't been able to do it for a very long time. 
Um, I was incredibly pleased to see that Dan Cottle has popped up at Canesham Town um, because he's one of those players. I had the pleasure of watching him when he was um, really sort of just coming into um, men's football. He, you know, he played with distinction, particularly at um, Welton Rovers, but also at Porton Rovers. I, I saw him play a few matches, um, you know, in the Southern League. And he's a player who whose career I've followed um, as close as I can. When I found out he was at Canesham I, I I sort of I need to redouble my efforts both to, both to get John Allen back on the podcast but also to get to watch one of their games because listeners Dan Cottle is one of those players that is worth the entrance fee for any Western League game I mean Stu Bowker we talked about him in the in the previous report I think he's a guy who I would love to watch I can you know tell you without any question that um, Dan Cottle fits that particular bill so um, um, I should be beating a path to Kenshin Town as as soon as um, as soon as I'm able we've got one more game to summarize in the Premier Division Saltash United took on Clevedon Town Saltash as we know a real powerhouse doing very very well this season but some um, the visitors um well they continued their good run of recent form yeah they did and they handed uh Saltash, uh, yeah uh, another home defeat unfortunately for for them and it was a uh, yeah 2-1 win for, for Clevedon uh it was um Archie Ferris who was very much uh their their, their star performer on Saturday uh he laid on the assist for Freddie King's opener which came after about 14 minutes or so and it was then Ferris who, who scored their second uh from close range and that was that that was the winner uh Dave Barker had had drawn the home side level uh, midway through the first half. But as I say, Ferris uh, latched onto a loose ball before, before driving the ball home and, uh, yeah, made it 2-1 Clevedon. And, uh, yeah, they managed to hold out. And a, but another three-figure crowd. So, uh, yeah, really really good to see. And uh, a really, well, yeah, pretty impressive win for, 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 for the Seasiders. Absolutely. Now, back in the dim and distant past, you'd have to go and dust off the, uh, you know, the annals of the, of the Tool Station Westerly podcast. We interviewed Alex White. Um, who was at the time um, in charge of the Clevedon Town under-18 side because they had a very important FA Youth Cup tie against none other than Manchester City, would you believe? Fast forward a couple of years and Alex White is now taking charge of Clevedon Town's first team. Two wins from two it's been for Alex. This management lark's easy, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's been um, a bit of a roller coaster few weeks, to be honest, Ian. It's uh, uh, a lot's happened in a short space of time, but easy is probably not the right word uh, to use, but it's certainly been a successful couple of weeks. And yeah, if you could, I guess if you could say, if you could have dreamed of a perfect start, I guess this would have been it. It's been, uh, the players have been fantastic, as as have everyone around the club. They've been very supportive. Um, of what is quite a big change, to be honest, with, with Mickey being here for the previous six years. Um, quite a lot's happened in a short space of time, and uh, everyone's made it very, very easy and been very welcoming. Um, and to go with that, two wins from, from two games is, is the perfect start, if you like. Yeah, we'll come on to this sort of interesting period that you've, you've been going through in a minute but we'll kick things off with this Saltash game I mean Saltash is not an easy place to go at the best of times so you must have been really pleased with that result yeah it was a fantastic result it was a fantastic performance on the day actually Saltash is strong very very strong a a good side they'll be right up there this year Um, and it was one of those that you know we were looking back at the highlights last night actually and I think being completely honest with you, um, Saltash probably will feel disappointed not to have taken something from the game. Um, we had some things go our way um, on the day, but it's not like saying that. We, we probably could have had um, a, well, definitely had three good shots for a penalty that could have made life a lot easier. But it was, um, yeah, it was a very good defensive performance, actually. It's something that we've really not been that happy with defensively uh, this season and probably ended up why we are where we are but uh, we look solid we, we played some good stuff we mixed it up quite nice on a difficult pitch and we scored at key times as well which is really really important and we were resolute and we looked together we, we looked like a team which is for the fir- first time in a long time that we've looked like um, uh, and we stuck at it and yeah we we had a barrage of pressure that we had to absorb in the last 10 minutes or so, but we came through it strong. And, yeah, it was a great day in general, really, when you go down there on the coach and you create that kind of team feel when you go down there. And, um, obviously, the performance was great and the results are match. So a cracking day all round, really. Well, you, you mentioned back then that, um, you know, you, we are where we are. At the moment, you're 11th in what is, to be fair, a rather congested Premier Division table. Do you think that's a, f- a fair reflection on where you are at the moment? 
Yeah, I think it is. I think that's that's fair to, to, that we are where we are. Um, I think it's the strongest tool station league that I've known in a long time. And whilst there's no clear standout team that I think is going to blow everyone away, I think the general standard of the league is a lot stronger this year. Um, and we've got to be honest with ourselves. I think in past seasons gone by, we've probably overachieved with with where we, what we've got, um, and that naturally creates um, expectation that is, is difficult to fulfil. Obviously, with it being a lot stronger league this year, um, you know we we are probably where we should be. I think you know, we'll be honest and say we probably didn't recruit as well as we probably should have done over the summer. Um, but that's not to say that. We've got a bad group at all. We've we've had some key players with long term injuries that are just starting to come back now, uh, and we're starting to see the results of that, um, as well as a couple of really good signings that are really bolstering our squad. So whilst we've had um, an indifferent and inconsistent start to the season, I think we're in a good place now to be able to kick on and um, and hopefully put some runs together that that moves us up the table and we can be as successful as we can be. Now, when we last spoke, it was in connection with your um, under-18s, the Cleveland Town under-18 side. So how did your move uh, into becoming first team manager come about? It's, it's been a long five or six years, to be honest, Ian. It's the role of under-18s manager is what I took on six years ago. and we've, We obviously had a lot of success in that period with... Um, uh, lots of trophies and uh, the Man City game which everyone remembers as well and um, I, throughout that period I've, I've been involved with the first team from more of a, a, a coaching point of view as first team coach so I've always been um, in and around the first team environment and very much at the front of that in in the last maybe season or two I've had very much of a much stronger input into that with, with Mickey previously having uh, other roles with Bristol City obviously took up quite a lot of his time which meant that training nights and, and first team games were, was something that he couldn't always be at so he put a lot of trust into myself to to have much more of a forefront role with it um, so it's not as if I'm coming into, into the position completely brand new I know uh, you know I know how it works I know a lot of the players and have good relationships with them as well and with Mickey taking on uh, a new role at Bristol City as um, under 23s and under 18s coach which is a full-time role it, it felt like a well the club felt like it was a natural progression for me to to take the reins and, and work with the group that we currently got um, which has made the transition very very smooth but it's yeah, it's it's something that I've always been involved in, but now to actually have the the title, if you like, it's it's very much my project now. So, what are the ambitions for the side this season? For, for the season, I guess it's to be as successful as we can be with what we've got. Um, we've got to be realistic. Uh, I'd love to be able to come in and say that we, you know, we want to be challenging for promotion either this season or next season, but we, we've got to be realistic. Um, ultimately, for me, I, I guess the vision is to produce a team that the club can be proud of, um, that enjoys watching, and ultimately, I, I guess that we want to be seen as a football club that gives an opportunity to, to young players to come and into semi-professional football and give them that grounding, um, which I, I feel we have done that anyway, but I want to strengthen that. And I guess that I'll, I'll, I want to leave the football club in a better position when I found it. Now, whenever that is, um, hopefully sometime in, in the future that when we've been successful, but that's kind of my aim for the long term and for the, yeah, for the season. It's just to finish as high up as we can do. OK, well, let's look a little bit closer to home and we'll look at this weekend. You've got Wellington away and, and that's followed by Millbrook at home. Are you hopeful that you can keep your good run of form going? It's a good feel-good feel factor around the place at the moment. So confidence is higher than it has been, whereas confidence has been pretty low at times this season. So we're in a good place and back-to-back wins has helped us with that. Um, two tough games, though, coming up uh, and we appreciate that. Firstly... Wellington, a good side, like really, really well coached by um, Tim and Tony. They, they they play some great stuff, and they're really, really difficult to play against because they got a, a cracking system that they play um, and a lot of strengths, and they're they're easy on the eye as well, and they're very structured. Uh, whenever we play them, they're great footballing games, almost like games of chess, if you like, with tactics. So that's one that we we're planning at the moment and very much looking forward to, and that will be tough. And then moving on to Millbrook after that, like, I think. 
Millbrook are in a false position. They're, they're not where they should be. They're a really, really good side. We went down there um, a couple of months ago, and, and to be honest, we got battered. We at 5-2, we went down there, and we were nowhere. We, we weren't even in the game, to be honest. They're good, and I think they've got some good forwards, and they've had a tough run of fixtures um, to start the season. I have absolutely no doubt that they'll, they'll be pushing up the league. So, whilst, yeah, we are off the back of back-to-back wins and confidence is high, um, they're two really, really tough games that we've got coming up. Now, the Christmas period is looking like a very exciting um, period for you and your supporters. You've got four home games on the trot. But when do you think you'll get an idea of what you'll be competing for this season? When when do you want to be judged on where you are in the league table? I think um, it's usually about a quarter of the way in is when you have a good indication of where you're at as a side, which is where we are now. So, you know, we, we have a pretty good in- indication of what the league will roughly look like. Um, but the, the Christmas period is the important one, like you said. There's a lot of games in a short bit period of time, weather dependent. Um, and, you know, you need to be going into that period, A, in good form, and B, with a, with a decent-sized squad. I think in that period, it's, it's heavy on the legs, especially with the pitches, and strength and depth becomes important. So whilst... Up till now, um, there'll be sides who are either doing well or doing not so well, uh, reliant on maybe players 1 to 11 or 1 to 13. Over this period is when the squads tend to kick in and you need like strong depth to the squad. That's something that we need. To, we feel we need to add to slightly, not necessarily in terms of numbers, but in terms of quality. Um, and I think this period really starts to separate those ones who will be successful um, between the ones who maybe will just dip away. So it is a really important period. Well, between that Christmas period and the, and the games we've just talked about, of course, is sandwiched an FA Vars tie. Now, notwithstanding what you've just said about resources, are you concerned at all about fighting a war on two fronts? Or do you think a stronger showing in the Western League and a nice little run in the Vars is the order of the day? Everybody wants to be involved in the FA Vars and go as far in cup competitions as you can. I think it, it's great because it breaks the season up uh, quite nicely. So it gives you that little, that dangles that carrot and it gives you that incentive and a, a bit of a buzz. Um, and we've done very, very well in the FA Vars last year, which is why we're coming into it now, uh, making the fourth round proper and, and eventually going down to a, a very good Plymouth Parkway side 2-1 last year. We know how good it felt. Uh, winning those five or six games up to up to that point, and it, it like I said, it, there's a buzz in amongst it, and it, it breaks the season up. Um, we've got a tough tough fixture, being honest. Um, Bemerton have had some cracking results in the Vars so far, beating two Western Western League sides already, and you know historically the Western League has produced you know, sides in the Western League have gone on good runs in this competition and, and got very very close to the prize um, and I guess it's just a, yeah like you said a case for us is to go as far as we can in it and enjoy the ride so whilst it is our first game of the competition this year um, we want to go as far as we can in it and there's a real buzz around the place for that time Excellent stuff Alex thanks very much for your time there is one last question and although I have spoken to you in the past there will be many people of course listening to this interview who are hearing from you for the first time and to be fair it is the first time that we've spoken in your current role as first team manager at Clevedon Town so can you tell us something can you tell us something about your footballing journey to the Clevedon dugout yeah, no problem. So I'm 27 years old, so a bit of a baby, to be honest with you. Um, I, I finished playing when I was um, about 17, 18, after um, various stints at academies and stuff, and just fell out of love with playing, to be honest. And very early on, found out that uh, I was a better coach and I was a player and got involved with um, various local coaching setups such as North Somerset Development Centre which was which was very very good to me back then um, and eventually I also worked for Southampton Football Club within the academy uh, originally I did scouting in the area but now I work um, with under sevens and under eights within our Bath development uh, within our Bath Academy now so uh, I've, I've been involved in football for 10 years in terms of a coaching point of view and um, I'm young, I'm hungry, I'm enthusiastic, I'm, I'm willing to learn. Uh, I appreciate that 
Um, I'll make mistakes along the way, but but for me, age is just a number, um, and I want to progress as high as I can in the game. And you know, I want to build a team of strong people around me to to help me guide, and some people I can bounce ideas off and and take advice and somebody who's always preparing to learn I guess that it fits into the culture of the football club in general so I think hopefully we'll be a perfect fit for each other and we're both successful with it and my thanks to Alex for his time if you're thinking Toolstation I know they'll save me money but do they have all the top brands you know DeWalt Makita Einhell Stanley Myra Kudox Nest and Santex yeah they do over 15,000 trade quality products in the range from the leading brands with prices that are hard to beat. If you want a helping hand to save on your next job, try Toolstation. With over 300 branches, there's always a Toolstation near you. Now, let's have a look in the Toolstation Western League First Division and we'll kick off with... Well, arguably the game of the dame, Tom. <laughs> uh, it was it was Devizes Town against um, Bishop Sutton, and you are going to have to tell me what happened here because sadly I didn't get to make it along to Nurstead Road. Oh, unfortunate, because the home side came out with another win. Now they've started to, well, maybe I was about to say they've started to rack them up recently, but maybe not quite. But they are, uh, yeah, they're definitely, yeah, they're finding a way back into it, aren't they? Uh, another another victory for them, three-two uh, victory. Uh, over Bishop Sutton, and uh, yeah, that's now three three of their previous six fixtures that they've won. So they're they're going good guns at the moment, aren't they? Three two wins. Stuart Windsor, Logan Casty, and Matt Lee all getting on the score sheet for the home side. So it's it's good to see that they're obviously yeah. If they were sneaking one nil wins, you'd say it was good. But uh, yeah, a three two win, uh, putting putting goals in the back of nets gonna gonna boost the confidence. Uh, Sutton scoring twice. Uh, in the final 15 minutes through Jacob Reader and Craig Wilson, but it wasn't enough for them. And, uh, yeah, devises uh, an important home victory. Yes, there you go, listeners. That's another reason why pumpkin carving is not a uh, particularly sensible thing to be doing on a Saturday afternoon. I do have to pull you up, though, Tom, go on. on the um, on the scorers there. Oh. And I think what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to let the listeners into a little little bit of uh, bulletin black magic. Because, Behind of the course, scenes, yeah. Very much so, because I know that when you're, you know, you you put together the bulletin in very, you know, very quick time. You turn it around, uh-huh. um, well, within hours of the um, of the fixtures taking place on um, on Saturday afternoon. And of course, you're very reliant on a number of sources to um, to provide you with the information that goes into the reports, which um, you know, which we which we discuss obviously on the podcast. And the third and final goal, the winning goal, no less, and that was scored by Devizes Town, was actually scored by Jack Swan. There we go. Now, I think we have to name and shame who gave you the wrong information. Now, yeah, on, in, in front of all of our listeners, who was it who told you who the Devizes Town scorers were? Well, I asked for your input this week, Ian, and that was, that was, the, uh, that was the information I got. <laughs> so I can only humbly apologise to everybody at Devizes Town, who, of course, of was celebrating that wonderful <laughs> victory i managed to get um my my um my wires crossed i'm a partic- i think i owe a particular uh, apology to the swan family in particular jack i'm sorry about that and um uh, i can only be, i can I, I can only promise to do better um next time but anyway the most important thing was there's another three points on the board and um and devices town certainly traveling in the right direction um so that's fantastic now we move on to a team that really has had a very good season and uh, continued that at the weekend. A very impressive crowd of 117 were at Sherbourne Town for AEK Bocco, Tom. Yeah, it was a good win for, for the Zebras, this. Uh, pretty pretty easy for them, I think, um, as, as afternoons go. Obviously, you, you hope, for, hope for an impressive, comfortable home wins. I think that was how it went, really, for, for Sherbourne on the weekend. Uh, Moved up into into the top four uh, with this one. Sam Farvin giving them a, a dream start, scoring inside the opening five minutes or so. Uh, and then it was, yeah, further goals from Declan Cornish and Alex Murphy uh, before the before the half-time break. So, uh, yeah, uh, a dominant first half, and, and they held out for much of the second, obviously. So uh, a 3-0 win for, for Sherbourne uh, over AEK Bocco. Now, Titherington Rocks, they've made something of a splash, boom, boom, since they joined um, the mm-hmm. First Division. Uh, they came up against a rejuvenated Cheddar. And, um, well, how did the cheese men get on here? Yeah, they're going good. Great guns at the moment. A 5-0 win uh, for the away side in this one. Uh, Titherington, to, to their credit, um, well, I don't know how they'll, how they'll take this, but 
their games do involve a lot of goals. That that generally comes at comes at both ends as well. They've had some big wins and they have also had some lopsided defeats, unfortunately. And that was that was how it turned out on on the weekend. But Cheddar, obviously, one of the one of the top sides, aren't they, in, in the first division? I think up to up to second. And uh, yeah, a five 0 win for them on on Saturday, uh, scoring thirteen in their previous three. I think I I, I worked out. Uh, and that was Jordan Yeo scoring from from close range to make it one 0 at the end of the first half. So it was a, it was a tight opening half, as I say. There was only only one goal between them. Uh, but then after after the after the interval, it was very much uh, Cheddar in the ascendancy. It was Nathan Groom and, and Chris Coombs both scoring twice. Uh, so yeah, five star performance from from Cheddar away at Tiverington. Because it wasn't that long ago on the podcast that you were reminding us that Cheddar had had a bit of a barren one. They hadn't mm. won for a while, had they? For Cheddar, it appears that wins are like buses. You wait ages for one to come along and then three come along at once. Yeah, it's been a bit like that, but I think that's probably been a little bit of the uh, path a lot of the teams of the season. We didn't go through a little bit of a barren run. We only lost a couple, though. I think we lost we lost two, and the others were draws, and one was uh, FA Vars bomb where we, had, uh, we actually had 14 players missing, so it was quite... Uh, the performance we put in was one that we could be proud of, really. Um, so it wasn't really going to count that one as much of a loss. But a few of the others, we made some mistakes. But we're um, we're getting ourselves back to where we want to be. Um, we got shown up, really, when we played Wales and they fully deserved their win, which sparked a little bit of a change from ourselves, which, if I'm honest with you, has, has done us a bit of a favour because we've made some positive changes. We've looked at the way we were playing, the, things, the most common mistakes we're making, and it seems to have worked in, in those other games that we're playing. So, yeah, at the moment, things look really good. Well, to be fair, you're sitting second in the table, so you must have been doing something right this season. Yeah, I think it was just a case of like some minor, some minor tweaks. Um, when we look at the squad that we've got, I'm, I'm very happy with it. Um, and adding Jordan into it over the last sort of two weeks has, has been another positive. But we've had a lot of chopping and changing. Um, we're what now, you know, a good three months, I suppose, into the season, and we haven't been able to name the same 11 once, um, not even the same squad once. So, I mean, we've used a lot more players than we have done in previous years, but I think that's probably what a few of the managers are finding, to be honest with you, just with current situations and and sort of work-life balance and a few sort of COVID-related incidences. But, um, you know, we're, we're hopefully now going to get to a point where we can be a bit more settled and then we can look forward to, to being consistent week in, week out. But once we sort of had our our core group of players in and around, that's when we've been able to really work on, on some of the things that we wanted to work on and it's starting to, to go well. But it's, it's just making sure we stay grounded and take everything one little bit by one little bit. I'm sure the boys will, will remain focused on that. Well, let's talk about that game on Saturday. Titherington have started their life in the Tool Station Western League very brightly, I think. Um, so to win so comfortably and at their place, that must have been particularly satisfying. Yeah, it was. It was a, it was a really good performance. We were really slow, actually, to start in the first 10 minutes. Um, when, the, when the lads decided that he's going to start bringing sweets before the start of the game, I said to him, we start st- starting slowly, and those sweets are going straight out the window, I tell you. Uh, so we've uh, have to have a little look at that on Saturday just to make sure we don't start slow because we eat too many sweets before the game starts. But after that 10 minutes, I thought we were in control. We managed the way we wanted to play. We addressed a few things from the first meeting when we played against them um, and just sort of really put in a performance. Very clinical, very attacking-minded when we had the ball. I just exploited areas that we, we looked to target, um, particularly going forward, which, which seemed to work out for us. Um, it was hard to pick a man in the match, to be honest with you. On Saturday, there was a number of very, very good performances. So that that's what the squad's sort of capable of. Um, they've been doing really well, Tiverns, and they've been sort of winning games, drawing games against some of the, the teams that aren't, have been doing really well. And I think they drew with um, Welton as well. So it shows how well they've been doing. Um, in terms of setup and, and the club, they were, they were lovely to go down there very welcoming and a good bunch of good bunch of people really so to come out with the three points and the sort of 5-0 win was, was really pleasing I was really happy with the way every person performed it was it was good to, good to see Now you've been in post for a while now this isn't the first time we've had a chat on the podcast what were your ambitions heading into this season? It's, it's a weird one isn't it I don't think anyone that will sort of start the league season and maybe had the, the record that Cheddar have had in terms of being in and around and sort of falling away would really think to look for anything other than trying to make sure that we're sort of in amongst it towards the end of the season. I've been quite in terms of the fact that when I was taking it on, 
I wanted to make sure that we were going to be up and, and looking for promotion. Uh, and that's still very much the goal. Um, it's still what we're going to try and push towards. Uh, and we're, we're working on a side that hopefully can do it. But I think we've seen already, as we do most years with this league, that it's, it's a strange one where everyone beats everyone. So a, a good sort of patch and a good run of games tends to be the sort of key factor that separates those sort of top teams from those ones that are, are sort of just not quite getting there. Um, and we've had sort of one patch that then come to a halt, and now hopefully we can start another. But I think that's the key, is, is the consistency in the run of games that you can get wins in. Uh, exemplified by our current league leaders, um, Welton Rovers have been pretty unstoppable. They've been winning consistently pretty much every week. Do you think they can be caught? In all fairness, they've been absolutely exceptional. Um, I know that they're, they're using the resources that they have uh, wisely, but we, we do believe that they can be purely for the fact that we have to believe that. We've seen how strange the league can be, as, as I sort of touched on earlier, where people beat people. They're grinding out results even when things aren't quite going well for them, which is a sign of a, a really good side. But we've got to keep believing that they, they can be caught. We'll do our utmost to try and make sure that that will happen, as I'm sure the teams around us will will also believe that they, they can be. It's only a case of sort of three or four games where the results don't quite go well. And, it, you know, it'll be a test of their own resolve as well when that first loss, if it does come, does happen, to see how they respond to it. But from... From the outside, the management group and the players that they got, they're, they're going to be a tough team to beat, whoever plays against them. And they're well set up and well drilled, so it's a challenge to all the other clubs to go and see what they can do, really. Um, it puts a bit of a target on their back, if you like, but they've earned that, and everyone else has got to go and make sure that they can go and do something to, to try and stop it from happening, really. Because if you have ambitions of being of finishing this season towards the top of the table and that isn't um, as champions, then, of course, that brings into prospect um, the promotion playoff. So how do you feel about that? Mixed reviews, I'd say, because we've gone from the point whereby, you know, we've had... Tender have probably had a little bit, and I'm sure people remember, I think we spoke about it last time, we we did have a conversation with the, the sort of finishing second, not going up incident, and now we've got to a point whereby even if you finish second, it doesn't seem like you're going to be automatically going up, it's going to be into promotion playoffs, but I mean, it gives a lot of team an opportunity to go and, and play for something towards the end of the year, it, it makes a lot more games a lot more valuable. Um, but we're, we're aiming to finish top for this. This we're not going to hide that we are aiming to finish top. But we know that that's going to be a difficult, a difficult task. But one that we're going to try and do. If it comes down to a promotion playoff, I think that makes a bit of a, a bit of a cup final week, if you like, where every game means so much. So we'll approach that if we get to it. But I'd, I'd like to think we can give ourselves the best chance of getting up and and around that position if a few results go our way and we put a good string of results together that I think the lads are capable of them when we could be challenging for that top position but it's going to be difficult to remain in the promotion places as well the way everyone's going so the lads deserve credit for the position they put themselves in now we've worked really hard as a management side to try and make sure we give ourselves the best chance to do so so if it comes down to the promotion playoffs and those, those one-off games and we'd, we'd hope to back ourselves and then see what happens really if we look at the sides that you've come up against so far, which other teams do you think will be there or thereabouts come the end of the season? I think Wales have, Wales have got a good side. Um, and obviously knowing Sean, and they've got a good management team there as well. Welton will either be, you know, clearly top or in amongst it. Um, Oldland seems to be picking up some really good results as well for themselves. They seem to be around. Um, I'm actually surprised at how Wing Canton are doing, to be honest with you, because I, I thought they were... A, a good side when we played them they've got some good talented boys there so I'm, I'm surprised that they are where they are at the moment and obviously Sherbourne have been doing doing very well recently as well so I imagine they'll be in amongst it um, if they can continue to, to do as well as they have been doing and keep hold of the players that they've got then it could be quite an interesting sort of finals week if you like where everyone's playing each other that they're sitting amongst it which will be hopefully good for people to watch and you just hope that you get the bit of luck on the day and, and you get the results that you need to push yourselves through Now for most of the clubs in the Tool Station Western League the midweek Saturday rota has um, has quietened down a bit but not for you over the next couple of weeks the fixtures are coming thick and fast you've got Longwell Green tomorrow night and then Bocco away then Radstock midweek that's in the Somerset um, Cup followed by Welton Rovers on the 13th so I mean are you worried about sort of that degree of fixtures at this stage of the season I mean what's your availability like at the moment? 
Um, I think if you'd have asked me sort of three weeks ago, when, or maybe even five weeks ago, when we were having that bit of that barren run, I would have said, oh, yeah, perhaps I am. But at the moment, I, I just want every game to keep coming. It's probably the, the closest to having everyone available that we've had for quite a long time. And we're sort of missing two people that are sort of long-term injury absences that, you know, one of them being uh, George Booth, who's sort of club cap will manage to get back, but we'll have to look after him when, when that comes round. But at the moment, with the way things are going, we've sort of dealt with having people missing here and there. And we're getting to a point whereby most people seem like they're going to be here week in, week out. So for us, it's probably coming at a good time. The, it gives us a little bit of a chance to rotate people to keep them fresh. I've got trust in the people that are playing the games that we're all going to do the job that they need to do. Um, and they're starting to, for, to be honest with you, for quite a new squad of people, this year for Cheddar, you've got a few of the, the sort of stalwarts, if you like, the people that have been there for a number of years. We've also got a number of people coming in. It's it's a good time. People are getting to know each other well. There's that team sort of bonding, that relationship there between each other. And it, it's quite satisfying. It makes you very proud to see the, the work that they're doing. So as much as the game's coming thick and fast, we're probably at the best position we've been in to, to cope with them. So we're, um, I'm looking forward to them. And, you know, it's, nice to, it's nice to have the games. Um, hopefully the and current weather doesn't doesn't sort of ruin a few of them uh, and they still remain sort of being on and in the pipeline for the future but um, I'm, I'm not too worried about it for the moment uh, if I get a few injuries tomorrow night then I'll probably be spitting <laughs> feathers but we'll, uh, we'll take that as it comes Now I did mention that that Radstock game is a County Cup game and I know that in the National League system the County Cups aren't always the most popular competitions to play in so is that a competition that you feel that you could have done without this season? If I'm honest with you, I think every single game that comes about, particularly after COVID, is one that we probably want to look forward to and try and do our best in. Um, I, you know, I, as a player that sort of had his time cut short a little bit, I'd want to play in as many games as I could, and um, as often as I could, and if that's the situation whereby this league's yeah, this cup's coming up now, then we'll try and see what can happen. You know, it could throw up a few interesting fixtures that the boys can go and play a few nice grounds or a few nice you know facilities and, and test themselves there uh, and see and see what happens really so not one that we're saying that we weren't looking forward to at all it's, it's another game of football and we'll go out and do our best to enjoy every single one I know that it might be a case that it might not be everyone's sort of top priority and that's not being disrespectful but the league is and the amount of games it might be a good opportunity for people to rotate things but we'll we'll take it seriously and I've got every faith in the squad that we can come out and, and do something whoever we're playing against. So. And would you feel the same way if the league decided to reinstate the Les Phillips Cup and run it at some point in the new year? Yeah, I mean, things like the Les Phillips Cups, it gives people the opportunity to win something. The more opportunities you have of success, the better, really. It's just a case of a, a trophy that could be won, a, a thing that you look back on when you, you sort of finish your career and it'd be something that's, that has been won or sort of from a management point of view, something that you've achieved. So I, I'd be open to that coming back in. I think that those sides, you know, maybe without being um, disrespectful to them, like we spoke about earlier with Wincanton, who actually are, a, you know, a very good side and have just had a bit of a rough start. To go in for Wincanton to finish, you know, second, third, fourth is going to take a, you know, a real big effort from them. It's not that they're not capable, but it's just with the start that they have, it'll be, it'll be difficult. So then something like the Les Phillips Cup just opens it back up again to all, to all the teams to go and see what can, what can happen and, and to make that year a really enjoyable one for whatever reason be the Les Phillips win or, or the case that they finish in a good position in the league so I'd be open to that definitely and thanks to Craig for his time now one final match to cover in our first division roundup, and it is Wing Canton Town they took on league leaders Welton Rovers <laughs> Tom which one of these sides was at the races <laughs> well Wing Canton have yeah, they gave Welton an almighty scare, didn't they? It did eventually finish 2-2, and Welton proving again that they probably don't know when they're beaten. Uh, they were very much up against it in this one, when Canton's showing really well. Uh, 12 minutes uh, it took for, for the home side to move ahead. Uh, that was a penalty from Dan Wise. He took that one home uh, to, put, to put them in front. And, uh, yeah, the, the, the deficit uh, for Welton, unfortunately, for them in, increased uh, towards, towards the end of the first half, and it was Wise again. Uh, free kick from him this time. Uh, making it 2-0. So, Wincanton, 45 minutes away from becoming the first side to, to knock off Welton in the, in the league this season. Uh, it then became even more of an uphill task for, for the Green Army. James Batchelor given a straight red at the at the beginning of the second half. But, uh, yeah, incredibly, the 10 men did manage to fight back. 
during the final 20 minutes. It was uh, Chris Pyle who managed to, to half the deficit uh, before Toby Cole and, and struck a dramatic uh, equaliser five minutes from time against the team he's just joined Welton from. Uh, he's left Wing Canton pretty recently to, uh, to join the uh, the, the, the title favourites and uh, yeah it's an uh, instant impact he's had hasn't he? he's a couple of goals already and another big one on, on Saturday uh, managing to rescue a point uh, and retain uh, um, uh, keep keep Welton's unbeaten run well unbeaten start still uh, intact so yeah a really good game and it was when Canton 2 Welton 2 I, I really did think looking at that on social media I thought that Welton were going to record their first mm. defeat I'm, going I'm, that way, I, I, I imagine that there was quite a few Welton fans who thought the same thing <laughs> Really is quite incredible, isn't it? I mean, I, I mean, you, you imagine that a defeat will come sooner or later because you know these things. That's the way these things work. But I mean, that to, for that fight back. I mean, it's the, we're, we're sort of Hollywood proportions. There you go. That's that's the film. That's the film we need made. Who would play Tom Smith? There you oh. go. Although yeah. that's the social media interactions we want for next oh, um, for next week's it. podcast. Absolutely. Right then, um, let's take a look forward to the fixtures on Saturday, the 6th of November. There is still a little bit of midweek football going on, but by the time you listen to this, it will probably have happened. Um, so we'll take a look at the fixtures on Saturday, the 6th of November. And Tom, what games catch your eye in the Premier Division? I have gone for the league leaders. Uh, Tavistock, they're travelling to take on Shepton Mallet. Uh, yeah, pretty uh, pretty keen for three points, I think, the Mallet. Uh, not, not, not had too many wins recently. So, uh, um, yeah. And also a little bit of bit of revenge potentially start of last month there was a 5-3 win for Tavistock in the reverse fixture so obviously these two teams uh, can provide us with a lot of goals so yeah it could be more uh, more on the weekend hopefully yeah that's got nil all written all over it well don't say um, that <laughs> um having just um um sung the praises of um, Dan Cottle I'm going to go for Canesham Town against Buckland mm. Athletic Buckland have started this season very well. They look like they're well in contention. And Kensham Town, I think, are, are surprising a fair few people. And for me, it's no longer a surprise when I see the likes of um, of uh, Dan Cottle pulling on the, uh, the, the, the the black and yellow of Kensham Town. So I think that will be a very interesting um, game to watch. Uh, we, w- we will now turn our attention, Tom, to the first division. And what game have you gone for there? I've plumped for AK Bocco against Cheddar. So, uh, yeah, Cheddar, uh, obviously, big win on the weekend. And Welton did, I mean, they didn't didn't lose, did they? But dropped a couple of points. Uh, and if anyone is probably going to lay, uh, lay a finger on Welton this season, it might be Cheddar. So they've got a chance with Welton on a, I'll call it a bye week, a week off. Obviously, there's an odd amount of teams in the division. So they're off this week. So Cheddar with a potential chance to, to cut the gap a little bit more at the top of the table if they can uh, go to... Go to Bocco, which is a tough place. I think they've only lost twice at home this season so far in the league. So, uh, yeah, tough place to go. And that should be uh, yeah, a good game. See how Cheddar get on uh, backing up their big win on Saturday. Absolutely. I am going to go for Wincanton Town against Oldland Abertonians. Wincanton obviously gave Welton a huge fright. And we know that, um, you know, that, that they are a quality outfit. I think, and I think many people that we speak to on the podcast believe that their league position is a false one at the moment. So I think that they can handle a very, very, very good Oldland side. I'm sure that would be a very, very entertaining fixture to go to. You couldn't really... Um, you know, you wouldn't really want to call that one before it. And I think that's everything you want in a football match. Right. Now, before we sign off from this week's podcast, we will take a quick whistle-stop tour of our league tables, Tom. So can you tell us who's top of the pops in the Premier Division? Mm, absolutely. So we've got Tavistock. Their point on the weekend helped uh, extend their lead a little bit. So they've played 17. Uh, they've won 10 of those, and they're on 34 points at the moment. So, uh, yeah, they're... Top of the top of the top of the pile. Uh, you've got Bitten in second. They've got a couple of games in hand. They've only played 15 and they're on 30 points. So uh, yeah, they're going good guns as well as we know. Uh, and then yeah, the likes of Buckland uh, on 28 points, Helston on 27, uh, Ilfracombe on 25, and then a whole raft of teams on 24. We've got Bridgewater, Saltash, and Canesham all all chomping at the bit to, to to make a bit of a move up the table. But there is plenty going on at the top of the uh, the Premier Division at the moment. And at the bottom, Bridport sit in 19th position they've played 17 they've got three points Ashton and Batwell above them they've played 13 and they've got seven points um, but obviously that result against Helston albeit that it went Helston's way um, goes to show that there's fight in that particular dog yet and Millbrook many people believe that they're in a false league position down in 17th they played 14 games so still a fair few um, games in hand 
um, amongst many in the league. They've got 12 points. Relatively congested at the bottom. I think if a couple, if teams can put a couple of wins together, then they can put themselves into mid-table contention. And um, really, the mid-table, as we hear most weeks on the podcast, really anybody from 10 or 12th down um, can consider themselves in the mix because it is that congested in our Premier Division. If we look into the First Division, Tom, there is a little bit more daylight at the top of the league. There is, isn't there? Uh, Welton, obviously, as we know, remaining unbeaten. Uh, 16 games they've played, uh, 113 drawn three, and they have 42 points. So they are yeah, continuing to, to set new standards, really. Uh, Cheddar, as I said, can cut the gap a little bit. They've also played 16, so the same amount of games are on 30 points. They've won nine of their games, so they are 12 back from, from Welton as things stand. Uh, you've then got Oldland, who you mentioned uh, are having a really good season. Uh, 16 games for them as well. They're on 29 points. Uh, then sort of every sort of position down seems to be a further point back. So you've got Sherborne in fourth. They've only played 14. So out the teams in the top half, they have played the least amount of games and they're up in fourth. So you'd say Sherborne are in a good position at the moment. They've uh, got 28 points and they've actually got the, the uh, joint best goal difference with Welton. So yeah, shout out to Sherborne doing, doing well. Uh, Warminster in fifth and Radstock in sixth. They're both played 15 and they're on 27 and 26 points respectively. And the strongest team in the entire league, of course, Devizes Town, holding everybody else up. But but for how long? Mm-hmm. Um, Devizes have played 16. They now have 11 points. They're only one point behind Bishops Lydiard, who are in 20th position. They've only played 14 games. They have 12 points. Almondsbury, 14 games on 13 points. Brid- Bristol Telephones, they're on a bit of a bad run of form. So they want to arrest, arrest that, I'm pretty sure. They've played 14 they're on 14 points, so that's a point a game. And Hengrove, you know, the Jackal and Hyde of the uh, the first division. They've played 17. They've got 15 points on the board. But that's how tight it is down at the uh, at the bottom of the of the first division. Tom, as always, we have been reviewing your excellent bulletin. Just in case anybody has been on Mars, mm-hmm. where can they find it? That will be on the uh, Tour Station League website. Uh, it's about halfway down the homepage uh, where you can yeah, click on the link and it'll take you to the, the most recent uh, publication and you can yeah download it as PDF or, or Word format. So, uh, yeah, that's available every week. Excellent. As are we, of course, here on the Tool Station. Western Podcast.